0: do it, baby episode 27 for March 2008 The Spider man Crawl Space podcast is sponsored by mailordercomics.com They're an online leader in comic book subscriptions and they have today's comics at yesterday's prices and their discounts can't be beat they have 38 up to 75% off cover price of new comics one of the specials this month is Invincible Iron Man, number one. The cover price is two ninety nine, and Mail Order has it for 74 cents. So check them out at mailordercomics.com and tell them the crawlspace sent you Welcome back, Webheads, to our March show for 2008. It's good to be back and just have the regular gang on. I think it was uh, back in January was the last time we were all together without a celebrity. But a celebrity in his own mind is Jr. from SpideyKicksButt.com. Jr., welcome. Um, that's legend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, I, I will correct that in April. <laughs> And we've got uh, Morbius, he's an administrator for the Crawl Space Message Board, and he's also an aspiring comic book writer. So if you're an artist, call and hook him up. He'll he'll would love to work with you. So welcome Morb.
1: Always nice to not have to pimp myself. Thanks, Brad.
0: No doubt, because pimping ain't easy, right? And uh Spidey Dude from Spideydude.com is absent. He recommended this time, and where is he, guys? Do you guys put him in the trunk with Joe Pesci? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I guess he's no, updated this that website. I gotta know. Yeah, hopefully Spidey Dude will join us during the show, and we'll make fun of him with him here or without him here. So that'll, that'll be classic. Uh, well, uh, it's as I said earlier, it's been January since last we talked, and we've had, get this, six issues of Amazing Spider-Man in our hands since then with a brand new day and uh, I'm sure you guys are ready to vent but let me go go over the new status quo a little bit in case people uh, aren't up to date it seems like Peter Parker and Slash Spider-Man single again he's got a goblin-esque villain by the name of Menace flying around and he's broke as usual he's working for the Bugle he's giving mouth-to-mouth the Jameson after a heart attack and there's a redhead out there named Jackpot that looks a little bit like Mary Jane. And no one, including Norman Osborn, it seems, remembers that Spider-Man unmasked in front of the public during the Civil War. So, um, Jr., what's your thoughts on it? Two, two months in.
2: Well, I'm going to answer that question by starting with a question. Okay. I'm going to run some quotes by you guys and see if you recognize the author of these quotes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Peter's life will be going through some changes as well. There will be a re-exploration of the old Daily Bugle supporting cast and an introduction of some of the new supporting cast members. Number two, the Spider-Man books need an influx of new blood in terms of villain that Spidey goes up against. Number three, I want readers to put down the first couple of issues and say, this is fun again. I want it to be fun. I want to put back that sense of wonder. Number four, So we're trying to get back to the essence of who the character is. We've had a lot of distractions over the past bunch of years. It's not really a reboot or a revamp, but a refocus. Refocusing on what made Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Actually, I've got two more, but I won't bore you. I'll save those for my article. So who
0: said this? That was a good Richard Dawson impression of the family feud. Props to you. Except (laughs)
2: except
0: they don't kiss any old ladies. So
2: So who said all of
0: these? I would guess it would be Joe Quesada. Do I win? Who do you think said a morb?
1: I was going with Steve Wacker personally. Nope. No. The answer is the
2: answer is Howard Mackey in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wow. Not kidding, guys, I went back to uh, wow. to some of the articles that were published, uh, and every one of these, and I've got a couple of more, rereading the earliest <laughs> issues of Spider-Man. The thing that always made Spidey unique was so much was about Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Three-quarters of the book was just Peter Parker soap opera stuff with high schooler Aunt May, and then Spider-Man had to get into costume, pop off, and do the superhero thing. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I guess they say past is indeed prologue. Uh, but That's a 10-year-old uh, quote <laughs> from Howard yeah. Mackey. And, exactly, and uh, that pretty well sums up, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll be chatting a lot more, but uh, I feel like we've just gotten on the tre- a treadmill to nowhere. Wow. Uh, we're... Um, you know, we're, we're, uh, this is nothing new. This is nothing new. This is just another attempt to go back and recapture something that may not be able to be recaptured. Uh, and, uh, I mean, the stories weren't bad. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that. They didn't suck, okay? <laughs> um, I, I thought the second story arc was better than the first. I was, I was disappointed with the first in Dan Slot because, um, I mean, after, you know, that, that Spidey Human Torch, uh, series of his was just wonderful. Absolutely. Great, one of the best Spidey miniseries ever. Um, this first story arc was it was it was like, you know, we're going to beat you over the head that he's young. We're yeah. going to beat you over the head that he doesn't have his organic web shooters anymore. Oh, I'm out of webbing. Oh God, I'm out of webbing. <laughs> and uh, and then of course he, he runs out of webbing in the second story arc as well. Uh, and um, you know, and uh, frankly, I had I had never heard the term macking. Since he's and it's not a reference to Howard, but (laughs) he's macking on some girl. Again, I said it's a beat over the head that he's young. But where I heard the term macking was, (laughs) my son was watching an episode of Hannah Montana, and Hannah's rival Michaela talks about macking, and I'm thinking, okay, (laughs) if that's the audience you're going for,
0: well, you know, more power to you, I guess.
1: Uh, So. what was it but called
0: right back? Now, what was it called back in your day, Jr. Macking, flirting, kissing, Ki- oh. sucking face. <laughs> sucking face, you
2: know? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Mack. What the hell is macking? It oh. sounds like something, something like like a duck call or something. Mac 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 mac.
0: Wow. Oh, anyway, I will step aside oh, right now. Oh my Morbius, follow that. You got any 10-year-old quotes?
1: <laughs> uh, no, I'm afraid I'm not quite as well prepared as JR was. JR brought his so, game today. <laughs> yeah. And his R.
0: Research-
2: R. has got a half article. That's the thing.
1: Cheers. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm basically going to totally switch gears from my complaining when we reviewed One More Day. I mean, my feelings about that story haven't changed. Uh, I'm not saying what they're doing now is the way I would do it. I'm not saying it's flawless, but at some point I had to just say, this is a comic book. What matters to me is, do I enjoy reading it? And if I enjoy reading it, I keep it. If I don't, I drop it. And so the bottom line is, I have just in the past two months gotten six issues of Spider-Man in my hands that were very, very entertaining, that I really enjoyed. So I've got to give these guys their thumbs up. I thought the writing and the art on both parts were very good overall. Um Oh, Jr. does have a point. There are some places where uh, Slot's dialogue was a little bit uh, pfft, <laughs> bad. <laughs> I was trying to find a better word, but there are a few places where the dialogue is a little bit kitschy. But no. um, I thought Guggenheim's arc was better. Um, he had maybe the best handle on the voice of Spider-Man I've read in... A long time, if not ever. I mean, his Spider-Man humor was dead freaking on. And this so from I a, made it,
0: this from a guy who didn't like his Blade dialogue or didn't like the Blade comic.
1: Yes, and that's the thing. I think Guggenheim is a good writer. My problem with Blade was just that I don't think he's ever read a Blade comic book before. Yeah. But uh, that's that's not an issue on Spider-Man. He's He seems to really love the character. He knows what he's doing with it. Um, this might not be the direction you want for the character. Like I said, it's not the direction I would choose. But in the end, they're doing a very good job with what they have, and I do think they care about it. I do think they're enjoying themselves, and there's some high-quality work being produced. So yeah. I'm giving it the thumbs-up.
0: Uh, since we don't have Spidey Dude to uh, go to, I will put my opinion in there. i give it a thumbs-up also. Uh, I'd give it an A-. minus. Um, kind of what JR said about the slot three issues. I think slot was burdened with the setup task. I mean, he had to set up the status quo. He had to spend a lot of time explaining this is the direction we're going to go to. And Guggenheim came in with the let's play in the universe, uh, role. I mean, I think Slot's next, um, story arc will be a little bit stronger because he doesn't have to set up the origin story, if you will, <laughs> which is, which is usually why the first movie isn't as good as the second one. And the Spider-Man movies kind going of to prove that, in my opinion, but, um. I still
1: like the first one better. Yeah.
0: But I, I I like it. I like the fact that I can read three chapters of Spider-Man in one sitting and not have to read three different issues and pick up Friendly and remember, oh, Uncle Ben came back from an alternate timeline. Oh, well, sensational. Oh, this one, he's dealing with the puma and the black cat. And amazing, he's revealing a secret identity. There's like three versions of Spider-Man in, in years Going back to the 80s that you had to remember, there's three different storylines going on. And this one is one storyline going at three chapters a month. And I just, I dig that a lot. I think that's been, it, it should have happened a long time ago that you can get one main storyline going at once. And I just, I dig it. That's my first three books I read uh every month when I get my box from MailOrderComics.com. Look at that. I put, put a little pimp in there. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, I, I love the artwork on both, uh, both, uh, chapters. I'll call each month a chapter. But, uh, I thought McNiven was great. Uh, his Spider-Man covers are great. His interiors are great. Um and LaRocca I wasn't as great, wasn't as strong as McNiven, but, uh, still, solid artwork. Just beautiful stuff to look at all the way around. And I agree with what Morbius said, that the, uh, the character's spirit and humor is coming out of his mouth that we remember, in my opinion. He's he's witty, he's funny, uh he's got problems again. Um, he's and he seems younger, and that's their intent. And I think they're fulfilling it with the, uh, showing more problems, more conflict, etc. So, Jr., what do you think of of Norman? I mean, not Norman, but Harry coming <laughs> back. Um, I before I answer that I, i'm not gonna ask ask another question uh, okay I will,
2: I will say i do agree with you one hundred and ten percent on the one title three yes. times um uh, because uh, you know i i you know it it helps you with the flow of the story like you're real you know it's it's the same reason i like the trade paperbacks of like when I was reading Daredevil for a while i would never yeah. have bought the single issues i bought the trades and this this feels like a good Well, I wouldn't say good, but this feels like a trade paperback (laughs) where you read a story. And that does help a lot. I mean, rather than, you know, if you have a, you know, which, and I I wasn't really happy with the issues, but some were definitely stronger than others. And so, like, we're right into a, you know, we have the slot story, and it doesn't go on for three months. I mean, it's over, and then the the stronger story starts, and then we have that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to help the rotation of the writers, uh, I think is going to help because if somebody's not on his game, and you know, in any work environment, I mean, all of us, you know, there are days we're not on our game. Right. And so that if somebody's not on their game, then next month somebody else picks up with a new story. Uh, and uh, I mean, I think it'll. I think once they get their direction, uh, which isn't the direction I go, but once they get the direction established, I, I do agree with you, Brad. I think the stories will be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do I think about Harry coming back? Well, believe it or not, folks, I don't think it's a bad idea. Well, not um, bad. <laughs> the, uh, I, I, uh, the the way Harry's death was handled, in a it if this if it were a story like the, well if it were a contained story like the third movie, Harry's death is logical. Really, it's the only it's the only thing that can ultimately happen to the character because he's a tragic character. He'll he you know he's fated never to reconcile. These two extreme points—you know—the fact that he has desperately sought the love of a man who is a psychopath, and the fact that you know that—well, that's it. I mean, the man he loves is this nutcase, and uh, and that his great, his best friend is his father's greatest enemy, and they've both been hiding parts of the—you know—the two of the people he cares about most in the world have been keeping this big secret from him. And uh, have been shutting him out of the, of their lives. Mm-hmm. So you know, so ultimately Harry's fate was kind of predetermined. But in serial fiction, when you kill off a character like that and you don't replace him, you've you've yeah. you've just lost something. And the ti- I mean, I agree with Joe a hundred percent. The titles really lost something when Harry died yeah. because they never replaced him. Now I've always thought that when they brought Norman back, the fact that Harry had died. Uh, I thought well that kind of may that helps norman and peter 's relationship that takes it to another level mm. because instead of nor Peter and Harry going at each other over the death of a man Harry loved and Peter hated this time Peter and Norman are going at each other over the grave of a man they both loved, mm. so to me that is I mean they both loved him in different ways, but they both loved him, and so to me that that creates a lot of tension there in that relationship but you know, you can't have Norman in every issue, but you can have Harry. Right. So I think, I mean, I think I, I, I'll be interested in seeing where it goes. I hope they're very careful with the, with, with what they do with Harry. Um, and I hope they're very careful with how they expo- explore this relationship now that both he and his father are still alive.
0: But I, this this is one I'm definitely willing to give a chance to. Well, more, what do you think of uh, Harry coming back? Kind of like what JR, the points JR just made.
1: I think it's an excellent idea. Yep. Um, I've actually said in past years that I think Harry should come back. Um, and thinking of a story I would tell for Spider-Man, if I was writing it, I would bring Harry back. That was something I would have always done. Um, I just think, I'm not sure how their what their plan is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was great. I thought the supporting cast thing they were talking about, they, they kept talking about the supporting cast. And apparently Howard Mikey did too, but... I didn't realize that. Um, I thought in slots month, the mm-hmm. supporting cast thing with Harry and his girlfriend and the girl, what was her name, Carly, right? Um, that was lusting after Peter. I thought they were all great, um, but then with Guggenheim's issues, we saw them in one little scene. Yeah, and and all it served for was Peter runs to Harry, gets an idea, leaves, done. And if he's going to be used that way, then he may as well still be dead. <laughs> Um, is is, Car- oh,
0: is Carly uh, Harry's girlfriend? Is that? Lily one? was Harry's girlfriend.
1: Okay, and Carly's Carly the, was the, the little examiner person, examiner. The CSI okay, girl. Got you, got you. Um,
0: okay. the, Gwen <laughs> but, but the Gwen clone, the Gwen clone,
1: the Gwen. Yeah, clone. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Harry coming back has excellent potential, and um, I'm waiting to see what they do with it. Actually, the uh, I was reading today the convention coverage, uh, whatever convention they're having right now. I don't remember what it was.
0: I think it's L.A., uh,
1: possibly. I'm not sure. Yeah, that might be it.
0: Yeah, Wizard World L.A. Yeah.
1: The Spider-Man panel they did, um, there was some comment, Dan Slott, they were talking about Harry, and Dan Slott said, we didn't bring anybody back from the dead. Keep reading. Yeah, I I saw that. So, I'm worried that this is going to turn out to be like Mephisto in the guise of Harry Osborn. If they do that, then I'm going to call crap. But, (laughs) as it looks now, there's a lot of potential to bring Harry back, and I love the idea.
0: yeah. Uh also from that Wizard World panel they announced that uh, writer Joe Kelly is coming back to be one of the Spider-Man brain trust. He's going to do a couple issues. And uh I loved his Spider-Man stuff. He has a limited uh experience writing Spider-Man, but he, what he did I really enjoyed. He did that uh Deadpool uh story where Deadpool went back in in the uh, 1960s with Peter when he was in high school. And he also did that Great Web Spinners story. With was it uh the first kiss or the prom What did you remember that story? I, I think it was the prom for the prom, uh, yeah
2: yeah, the first kiss, I think, or you mean the last kiss don't you the last kiss with, that's with, right, yeah, yeah, I think that was uh, j m uh, de Mat- Matisse, yeah, uh, but yeah, the prom, and that that was a very good story, the prom story,
0: yeah, so i 'm looking forward to him coming on board, and also it looks like the enforcers are coming back from the coverage that we saw. In uh, bumper cars. In bumper cars nonetheless. What is that? That looks awesome.
1: That looks awesome.
0: <laughs> Dear Lord. If oh. That's what
1: this title becomes, I'm done. <laughs> I do not want to see the enforcers in bumper cars, keep it away.
0: <laughs> we have to we have to tackle the jackpot menace aspect. And as some people online have said, if you combine the M from Menace and the J from Jackpot, you equal MJ. Um do you think jackpot and Menace are Mary Jane or what what do you guys what's your early thoughts jr what do you think um, well my early thoughts are I don't care <laughs> and if, uh, jr you're living up to it, your old curmudgeon it, <laughs> <laughs> image.
2: I, you know, I've, I think I've, I think I've always been an old curmudgeon unfortunately <laughs> no matter how old I've been but uh, uh, I'm, I uh, I the thing is, I don't really think that MJ is either one mm-hmm. because that's just too obvious. I mean, everybody has called it. Yeah. But then again, you know, Howard Mackey 10 years ago <laughs> said nobody would ever call who was his new Spider-Man and everybody called it out that it was Matty Franklin before the first issue yeah. was even published. So, you know, I really don't know. Like, uh, but, uh, but Menace does look like it's got, he's got in some panels. He's got a very slight build. Uh, red hair, red fingernails, uh, and uh, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I I like I said, I can't believe it that they would be that obvious, but uh, but they have been before.
0: I've n- I've noticed on Menace also, it looks like there's horns, kind of like a uh, Hellboy, that have been cut off on the on the head of Menace a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, more Menace jackpot, MJ. What do you think?
1: I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're Mary Jane, but I am thinking that they're probably the same person. And also, this uh, woman that he went to at the end of Guggenheim's issue there, thinking it was Jackpot. I think all three of them are, because it's just too obvious mm-hmm. that this name she gave him was Sarah Eret. Yeah, who and is that? arranged the letters <laughs> of Eret, it's three. Oh. So, three people. Possibly three people all the same thing. I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. but. uh. That's what I thought, that it was an anagram for something, mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure it out because I was hung up with the Sarah, too. I was thinking it was all, you're absolutely right.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's three, or it right. could be there, but I, I think three makes more sense than there. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys... Is Sarah, there.
0: <laughs> another aspect is uh, going for the younger image of Peter. You know, he's broke again, Um back in the bugle setting. I love that he's back in the bugle. I never really dug the teaching aspect. I thought that made him a little bit too old. Do you guys like that he's broke and, and with Aunt May and, and going back to the bugle and French kissing Jameson? <laughs> <laughs> well, with the, with the exception of the French kissing. Go ahead, Morb.
1: Uh, yes and no with a heavy dose of no. <laughs> um, I don't like the living with Aunt May again thing. It's It... it it makes him look like a total freaking hobo and a loser. And they say, you know, he's supposed to be a loser, but there's loser and then there's creepy, stupid loser. Yeah. <laughs> and and living in his aunt's uh, upstairs. We're getting towards creepy, stupid loser here. And that's no good. Um, um, uh, part of that, uh, though, is all part and parcel with the reversion of Aunt May that I don't like. I, 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 I think a lot of people are thinking this, too. I really do not like this you know, frail, uh, oh, Peter needs his wheat cakes version of Aunt May that's come back because it destroys all the great character progression that finally made her yeah, worth
0: they, something. They kind of made Peter younger and Aunt May older, haven't they?
1: Yeah, you know? and, um, you know, she could have had this job at the homeless shelter mm-hmm. if she knew his identity and, you know, she wasn't the doddering old woman. And I don't, I don't think it opens up any story possibilities. I think it just closes them. Mm. Um, also, I have lost my train of thought, is, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say here. It's um, all right. Yeah, the the down on his luck thing, that's what i right. are going for. Right, they They're milking the crap out of this whole, it's the Parker luck angle. Mm-hmm. If I hear the Parker luck one more time, I'm going to ring somebody's neck. <laughs> and the Parker luck apparently leads to him never, ever, ever, ever having web fluid. And... <laughs> And that's annoying as crap. I mean, he ran out of web fluid in pretty much every issue I read in six issues' time, and that is just too much. It's not adding anything to the story. It's making him look like a retard.
0: Well, it's been a while since he's had to deal with web fluid. I mean, it's nice. I think a lot of new readers don't remember the web shooters. I think I don't know.
1: It's only been gone for like two years.
0: Well, the, if, you're, if you ideally are getting new readers, they know they think he has organics. I.
1: Sure, but run him out of web fluid once in two months. You get the point. Yeah,
0: yeah. Girl. That's that. That's what. Yeah, Morb's
2: got an excellent point. I mean, it's one thing to do it, but now I, to continually repeat it, it makes him look stupid. Yeah, you know, maybe not creepy stupid, but, but uh, <laughs> I like that. That's that's a quote of the the, the podcast. But uh, but but it does. I mean, it makes him look stupid. It's like God. You know, you jerk. You know, you know, you're out of web fluid. Don't suit up again until you got some. So
0: the the writers also have the task of having to convey that he has bad luck and he he's uh i, I don't know i guess that's one way they're doing it would you recommend a different way that they they cuz peter has always had bad luck but uh, if they're trying to start from scratch they have to show it again somehow but
2: well i think the cartoon actually is doing a better job and we'll get on the cartoon in a little bit but right. uh, it is kind of, i think it does a better job of the parker luck than uh because he has the bad luck but at the end he says, But you know what? I'm Spider Man and you know, damn it. You know, I look good, I feel good, and I love myself or whatever. But uh
0: <laughs> like Stuart, Stuart like Smalley Stuart, or whatever. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh but, you know, it's one thing to have quote unquote the Parker luck and but like as Morb said which is one reason I didn't didn't like the stories was because they continually beat it, beat him over the head and you know and then Harry says something silly like what well, what company would trust Peter Parker with a credit card I mean come on dogs can get
0: credit cards
2: <laughs> you know and he does oh he doesn't have a computer you know everybody has computers okay and but he can't you know he makes a comment about going not being able to go to Monster.com and put his resume online. Hey isn't that what libraries are for don't libraries <laughs> yeah. set up don't libraries set up accounts for people or and you can i mean they it's it's like they they went overboard yeah uh, on on the quote unquote parker luck it's not that he had the parker luck, but you know it was again he's young
0: bam he's got the parker luck bam he's got his, <laughs> he doesn't have the organics anymore bam oh okay. it's suddenly a, a emerald Lagasse <laughs> show. <Wait. laughs> You know? Do you get the point? Yes. Can we beat it in your head enough. Wow! I think I've been assaulted via phone line. <laughs> My God, man! And
1: I, didn't,
0: and I didn't
2: even get to the to the Aunt May stuff.
0: Uh, if you were holding calm, back there, sir. <laughs> I'll calm down. Uh, I I
2: don't like what's been done with Aunt May because if you notice now, she thinks Peter's a loser. Um, yeah, I see, did and, that. I did and, and, yeah, and Peter makes a reference. I've got a crabby aunt. I mean, here were two people who were each other's world, you know. And when everybody else thought that they were both, you know, Peter was a loser. Aunt May never did. And when other people would think, you know, Peter, why do you put up with that, you know, Aunt May, you know, treating you like a child? I mean, and, of course, Peter was like, it's my Aunt May. So here, here were two people who just who just thought the world of each other. And now it's like. You know, oh my, you know, at the end of a swing shift, uh, he's sleeping on the couch when she comes home from a date and she's going, Oh, I just wish Uncle Ben had taught him to be more responsible. Yeah. And, but she, even, even when he was being goofy in the old days, she thought he was responsible. It was everybody else that thought he was a loser. So I, I really do not like that at all. Um, I do like though the soup kitchen thing because that is what Aunt May would do. I mean, Aunt May lives to serve others. I think that's one of the strong. I think that's really that was something of the character that was that was lost for a very long time because they wanted to make her a doddering old fool. But, but one reason Aunt May, you know, over was overprotective of Peter is that she lives to take care of people, and uh, and that's why I thought she worked real well in the New Avengers, you know, because that gave her that helped her fulfill her purpose in life, taking you know, like Alfred said in Batman, taking care of heroes. Um, so that part I do like,
0: but I, I don't like some of the other things they've done. Two, two more aspects and then we'll move on to the cartoon. What about the, the bugle? Do you like, guys like him being back working for the bugle?
1: I think so. Um, the Daily Bugle has always been a big part of the mythos of Mm Spider-Man, so it's a good thing to have it heavily involved. Um, again, it's just a matter of the direction they're going that I haven't seen enough of yet with this new owner and everything. It's... It's going good so far. It's been a good aspect to it so far. Um, we'll see what they do with it. Yeah. I'd like to see much more Betty Brandt. I've seen her about twice so far. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see her get much more of a role, and I think she deserves to when the Daily Bugle is such a big part of it. but uh, And they seem to be doing something with Jonah, so that's good. But, uh, yeah, I think most for the most part it's good. I'll just have to see where it's going. Yeah. JR?
2: Well, see, I, I like the teaching job because, to me, that was – if you weren't going to make Spider Man young again, uh, then you need to surround him with young people. Mm-hmm. And I thought the teaching job allowed him to be surrounded by young people, therefore he would be involved in young people's problems. And when Peter, I thought it was a masterstroke when Peter David brought Flash back, and Flash was, you know, partially amnesic and didn't re- realize that he and Peter had become close friends. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, they were doing something old, having Peter and Flash cons- consistently going at each other, but kind of tying it into something new. You know, with with the school, but it it I thought I thought that case allowed them to have the very best of both worlds. It allowed Peter to grow as a character and be doing something else besides selling pictures, which frankly really did get old uh, after a while. And you know, of course, everybody would figure out he was taking pictures of himself. I mean, <laughs> uh, but uh, but you know, on the other hand, how do you get? Jonah, Robbie, Betty, Ben, Yurik. How do you get them into the stories? Yeah. Those are great supporting characters, and 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 you do lose something when. And I think Betty. I think bringing Betty back to a prominent role is long overdue. Um, so so how do you bring them into the story? So uh, again, like like Morb said, I think we'll just have to to step back and see where they go with it. To see, like with bringing Harry back. Okay, you said you're going to do it. You said this is an important part of Spider-Man. Now, how are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. So,
0: I so bottom line, guys, what what do you think uh, if you had to give it a grade, keeping with the teacher aspect? Uh, more, what would you give the two months worth of comics a grade?
1: I I think I'd give them a B plus.
0: B plus. Okay. Mm-hmm. J, uh, Jr., what's your grade for the the semester? Uh, C minus. Really, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean.
2: Again, that doesn't mean it won't get better, yeah. but I just think that I think it started, I think it stumbled out of the gate.
0: Yeah, so I would give it an A minus. I dig it a lot more than you guys, I guess, <laughs> but I, ju- I just really am excited about it. I'm, I've been enjoying uh, all six issues, and it's been a long time since I've enjoyed six issues of Spider Man in a row like I have. So, uh, I would th-
1: say I it a lot less than you. B plus is <laughs> one percentage point under A minus.
0: I know, but I'm the host. Anyway, we're moving on. <laughs> Topic two. Uh, in case you missed it, a couple of weeks or life. Has it been a week? I think this is week two. It's been a week. It's
1: been a week today.
0: Um, the uh, new spectacular Spider-Man show premiered on the Kids WB. We're three episodes into it uh, as we record this today. They just aired the Lizard episode, which I thought was the best one yet. I enjoyed it. Um, Jr., your thoughts on the uh, the the cartoon? What do you think of it so far? Well, uh, I liked it,
2: and, uh, I, w- I wasn't prepared to like it, because I don't like the style of animation, to be honest. Uh-huh. Uh, and I don't like, uh, I-, I must say I like the music behind the theme song, but I, I don't like the words. I just think spectacular,
0: spectacular. <laughs> I
1: just got that out of my head. Thank I you very much. <laughs> it's back.
0: I still got JR going BAM in my head. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh I, I really liked I mean, you know, I you know, I really did like 'em. Um I liked uh last last week's uh shows better than this one. But uh you know, you know, I know that a lot of, of, of hard, die-hard fanatics are going to have a hard time with the fact that just everything is virtually related. You know, the the vulture and Doc Ock working for Norman and Eddie Brock being a, a lab assistant. But you know, you've kind of got to do that to get shove all the characters in, yeah. because as far as this, as Greg Wiseman knows, he's only been given 26 episodes. Mm-hmm. He may be given more, but right now all he's got is 26. So he's he's got to throw us a, you know, a lot at us, and uh, I think he's done a very good job of it. The story's been good. I think they've emphasized the, uh wh- you know, talk about the Parker luck. You know, he realizes, you know, he doesn't have to take it, but then he stands there and does, be, or he'll blow his secret identity. So, in other words, he's not so much a loser as he is, well, a loser by choice, you know, <laughs> I, I know there is a there is a difference between the two. He's choosing, yeah. he's choosing to be this wimpish personality because to, in order to protect his identity, he it's not made, he just heroic, is heroic, et etc. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. And and you know the the thing I find cool is at the end of every episode when the the very Stan Lee Romitish Spider Man eyes and red appear in the the sky. Mm-hmm. I just think that 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 I think that's the just completely a good geek out. I just love that. <laughs> I, I think we should have him back uh, in a couple of months or whatever after a few more of the shows have aired, or maybe after the first season is wrapped
0: up. Someone I was thinking, along with Greg, I, I would love to get uh, the voice of Spider-Man, because this is an audio format show, and it would be great to have Spider-Man on the line. The uh, What was the kid's name? I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, he voiced it. Oh, Josh Keaton. I would love to have Josh Keaton on. I'm going to have to email Greg and see if we can snag Spider-Man for this show, because that would be the ultimate snag, wouldn't it? And Toby McGuire the following week. <laughs> more, what do th- think? Oh, go ahead. I think, Toby,
2: I think we've seen the last of Toby as Spider-Man, but that's another conversation.
0: Well, if, maybe if he needs work, he can come be on the show. <laughs> he can fill Spidey Dude's spot. <laughs> <laughs> so, More, what's your take on the cartoon?
1: For a kid's cartoon, it is shockingly good. Mm-hmm and um i've i've been saying since you know they announced it i just don't watch cartoons yeah. this is not my thing at all i i watched you know the i loved the 90s cartoon cuz it hit at the right age for me i was at the perfect age to be the target audience for it so i think i'll always like that one better than this one just because it was made for me at the time yeah but um i'm i'm amazed at how much entertainment value it has for me as a 21 year old mm-hmm. um Somebody laughing about ages there. Anybody?
2: No, uh, no, um, no, I must, no. must. I must
0: have bumped up against my mic here. Sorry. <laughs> this this 33 year old and 40 plus year old are enjoying it too. So don't worry.
1: <laughs> um, their their humor mm-hmm. is you know, very kid friendly. But I'm laughing throughout the show. It's uh it's a good voice for Spider Man. Um, I'm not talking about the voice actor. I mean the uh, the writing of Spider Man, the dialogue, the the wit. Right. is is pretty spot-on um, in a way that a lot of comic book writers have trouble with. Um, I love the way everything is kind of tied together. I think they've rearranged things and moved the pieces around the board brilliantly, because, sure, it wasn't like that in the comic books, but let's face it, they didn't have all these ideas when they started the comic books. Yeah, If they had, they probably would have used them all in some concerted way, like Ultimate Spider-Man does, because just like the cartoon they have all the ideas there at the beginning to work with. Yeah, um, I think they've done a really good job with it. Eddie Brock is uh, great as a lab assistant, and knowing Peter and fighting the lizard with Spider-Man was a great thing for Eddie Brock. Um, I actually find the lizard to be one of the most boring villains Spider-Man has ever had in every medium <laughs> I've ever seen him. Um, I hate him, to tell you the truth. But... <laughs> This episode with the lizard, I was dreading, and they made it really enjoyable. So, I'm very impressed with what they've done.
0: Uh, my I, my take again, I'm giving it an A minus. I'm A minus all. I'd be a horrible teacher, I guess, because my whole class would be having great grades. But uh, I, <laughs> I, I loved it. I, I thought. Uh, I agree with what you said, Morb. His his sense of humor is very kid friendly yet adults can get it and that's what makes good animation successful for multiple ages I think and the voice of Spider-Man the actor and the voice on the page of uh, paper is perfect I think it's nailing him quite well as a 16 year old kid uh, I love that it's fast. You know, when Greg was talking about it, he was talking about how he wants this animation. He wants Spider-Man to be just jumping all over the screen, and he he is. He's hes cl- uh, climbing walls. He was on that subway this week with the, the lizard. That thing was flying very fast, and I just love uh, the speed and the humor of it, and also the Parker Luck we've been talking about. I love that he has a cell phone with a reminder that Aunt May's on his curfew at ten o'clock and and most sixteen year olds have that problem, and I think that's very funny that they're doing it in the cartoon because they didn't have cell phones back in the sixties when when Peter was uh, a teenager. but you're always wondering is it nine fifty eight is he going to be in trouble uh, et cetera and I love that he he played up the hero aspect, you know the loser aspect that we've been talking about in the episode this week he uh he took the water balloon to the face. Because he was like, I'm going to lose my secret identity if I don't take one to the face. Uh, he also took the blame for getting a picture in the Bugle. He was heroic in doing that. And I just think they're nailing well, the...
1: That one, though, I disagreed with. Really? Well, he I ha- thought that was he had to give the a- se-
0: He would have had to give a secret identity up to the gang.
1: No, he wouldn't. Because they're... Uh- they're getting on him saying, oh, you ditched the effort to go win a contest, when all he has to say is the truth. My Aunt May is struggling with house payments. We need money. I went to get money for my aunt. Yeah. And that's that's what he did. That's the truth. It would have been very easy to get out of. I was wanting to yell at the freaking screen on that
0: one. <laughs> Another aspect well, I noticed yeah. when he uh, Spider-Man suddenly appeared in the lab, he could have said, oh, Peter Parker told me to come here or something like that, but... I thought that could have been another out for him, but go ahead, Jer. No,
2: I was about to say the reason I think the reason they were mad at him is they felt that he exploited the situation. Yeah. uh But uh, you know, because you know, uh, not just so much went into contests, but uh, you know, he uh, he took advantage of uh, Dr. Connor's situation and uh, the tragedy of the situation to make some money. But like Morb said. You really hate it when a character could come up with a better explanation and just—it's like a bad soap opera sometimes. <laughs> you know, you know that there's a great line or there's a way to get out of it, but they won't use it. But, but that's a minor thing compared with with uh, you know overall how good the the show has been.
0: The, oh, true. the only minor qualms I have with it is why does Spider-Man have a mole underneath his eye? I don't, I don't <laughs> get that's just and it, and they have little funky noses. Have you seen their noses? Yeah, you know, I'm not yeah. paying a
1: whole lot of attention to the animation, really. I mean, yeah. um, I, I, it's on the page. I hate yeah. that art style. I mean, I was vilifying it before I ever saw it. But really, it it works so well on the screen, I'm not even
0: yeah.
1: – people were talking about the eyes they didn't like. And then so this week I had to actually pay attention to the eyes because I'm just kind of letting it wash over me.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it's just minor points, and I think it will be a very successful show. I, I don't know where we could check the ratings, but uh, I I think it's very kid-friendly. And I think anybody can tune in any Saturday morning and catch up on it and become an instant fan if they were a fan of the movies or even if they weren't. I think it's very accessible. So I yeah, and I, I think yeah, they hit awesome. it out of the park. So
2: And the point I wanted to make was that, you know, for all th- – this is where I think Marvel either doesn't get it or they just simply enjoy talking out of both sides of their mouths. Because, you know, one, my son watched it with me. My son thoroughly enjoyed it. He's six years old. Uh, Morb. You know, is, is in his 20s, enjoyed it. You're in your 30s, and even me, the the creepy old curmudgeon, <laughs> enjoyed, enjoyed it. But and it was about a 16-year-old Spider-Man. Yeah. Now, you know, it's like, so it's not how old he is, it's how well the stories are told and how logical they are. Yeah. Now, you know, now obviously if someone had snapped their fingers and he was 16-year-old in a comic, I wouldn't like that at all. So, but... But it, it's, you know, we're not so, we're not as hung up on the age as, as Marvel thinks we are, that everybody has to have a young Spider-Man. Uh, and, and like I made the point too, this had the Parker luck without beating you over the head with it till you were sick of it. No. Yeah. Uh, it's an entirely different, you know, it's all in the stories.
0: So. Yeah. I, I, guys, you want to do a grade? We did a grade on one more day. I, I'd give it an A minus. More, what would you give it? The car-
1: Uh, I'm going to be just as boring as you and give it a B plus. <laughs> Now, JR don't give it a
0: C minus. What do you what
1: do you think? No,
2: no, no. I I I would give it an A. An a. I, I would I I would give it a full A. Yeah. Awesome.
0: I hope it does well in the ratings. I I don't imagine couldn't imagine why it wouldn't do well. But uh well, our next topic we were going to have a Spider-Girl debate, but uh Spidey dude is not here. So by default, Morbius, you are declared the winner of the Spider-Girl debate. Congratulations. <laughs>
1: Thank you, thank you. It would have turned out that way anyway, but I uh, <laughs> appreciate not having to put forth the effort.
0: You'd, yeah, you did You just showed up and you won, brother. Hopefully, the November <laughs> <laughs> election is a lot harder.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, let's not go
0: there. Uh, yeah, let's not hit up Please. Obama and Hillary. <laughs> oh God. Okay, uh, let's go to our message board questions. We've got uh, two pages worth, so we'll plow into them. Uh, our first question is uh, from Kane. And he says, how do you feel about another goblin, a.k.a. Menace, in Spider-Man's Rogue Gallery, and do you like the character so far? JR, you want to hit that one? You're the goblin expert. Uh, no, I don't like
2: another goblin villain. Uh, I understand what Steve Wacker was saying, that they were trying to go back for some of the uh, the icon iconography mm-hmm. of a mystery goblin. You know, who is the guy, because it's worked so well in the past. Well, that's it. It worked once, it worked twice, three times uh, no, we're tired of it. So uh, no, I I really don't care for this one.
0: I was amazed, you know, the little little filler stuff that they put in uh, back in Marvel Comics. They had like a a Nick Fur- Fury uh, Shield uh, dossier, and it said it was just like Marvel little trivia. And I didn't realize that there were five Green Goblins and four Hobgoblins. Did you know? I didn't know there were that many.
2: Yeah, I love
1: the count's four of each.
2: Uh, now the fifth, the Green, the the. The uh, fourth Green Goblin was ben, was Phil Yurik, and the fifth Green Goblin was that. Well, well, the fifth Green Goblin was supposed to be Ben Urich too, but it turned out to be that disintegrating clone, Yeah. which if you go back and listen to podcast yeah. number three, you'll get my opinion on that storyline.
1: He thought
0: it was a lot worse than the C-minus, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> right. uh, More. Yep, what, what do you think of uh, another Goblin-esque?
1: Um, well, I mean, they're... Harry and Norman are around, but the Green Goblin is not active right now. Um, there should be a Hobgoblin somewhere from Secret War, but nobody seems to remember it, so there's Doubt. not a Hobgoblin active right now. Doubt. The Grey Goblin they seem to be forgetting about, so mm. there's plenty of room for another goblin. Give it to me. Yeah. Um, as for what I think of the character, I know jack nothing about the character so far, so I can't really judge it.
0: And I, I have no idea why he would go to a, the, what was it, a senator or a mayor debate? Where did, where did Menace go to in that issue?
1: I think it was Senator. Senator? Senator.
0: Yeah, it was, a, it was a mayoral debate. Mayoral debate. Why would he go there? I have no idea. Anyway.
1: Yeah, we, we don't know a thing. We've heard like three lines from this character, so I, I cannot judge the character until I know more.
0: Uh, Kane's second question is, what do you think of the end of Amazing 551 involving Jackpot, Menace, and the Glider? Um, there was a death at the end of that. So, more. what do you think of that?
1: Same answer. Um... I don't know the Jackpot or Menace characters and this is a uh, an event that affects them. So until I really know the characters that the event affects, I have a hard time judging the event. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um JR, thoughts?
2: Well, you know, I I th- I think uh, Kane was has kind of hit on something because it was very contrived. Because how many, you know, cuz Spider-Man makes the point Oh, I'm experienced, therefore things like this wouldn't happen on my watch. But Jackpot's not experienced. Well, what was Jackpot doing? Jackpot saved the civilian, and she was going back to help Spider-Man fight the super fight the supervillain. How many times has Spider-Man dropped off somebody and then ran back to into the action? Mm-hmm. So that was a very. Uh, uh, I mean, it could have ended like it did with the council with the councilwoman getting killed, but then. With Spidey's narration that uh, oh it happened because Jackpot was
0: inexperienced
2: was uh, was inappropriate. Yeah. So.
0: Uh, Funny K from Scotland. And are you guys on the board right now? What what is that avatar from? I, is that uh, Ben Riley with Jameson under the Goblin
1: mask? It looks like the Crime oh. Master mask. Oh the Crime yeah. Master. What is that's
2: that? That's from. Uh, that's from Untold Tales of Spider-Man number 25. Holy crap! No. Job. <laughs> Props uh, to you, (laughs) Jr.
0: Well,
2: it's like it's a goblin issue, you see. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, true. uh, But uh, basically, it uh, uh, you know how Untold Tales always like they kind of were interwoven with the original tales. Well, this is the one because early in an issue of Amazing, the original, the Crime Master and Green Goblin are talking to each other like they know who each other is. Mm -hmm. Well, this story that Busiek is telling. This is the unmasking, but rather than seeing the face of Norman Osborn, the crime master actually sees J Jonah Jameson because Norman has disguised himself as Jonah as to not give away his real identity <laughs> wow so that 's what that is yeah I read that so. issue.
0: I do not remember it at all. my goodness <laughs> anyway, uh, funny case says what is your suspicions about the two classic villains popping up in the summer? In his opinion, it will be Kingpin and Mysterio. I think this, because Mr. Negative may become involved with the higher crime lords and Mysterio, because it's been hinted at, plus the Kingpin gave Francis Klum the Mysterio costume. And what do you think about the prospects of Ed Brubaker riding on Spider-Man? I think, uh, I don't know where they got the two villains coming back. I know some classic ones are in that slot summer thing, but I didn't know that there's specifically two. Have you heard anything about that, Jr. No, I haven't. Yeah. Well, you, I
1: have not hurt two either.
0: What do you guys think? Uh what villains, classic ones, do you want to come back in this new status quo?
1: I really don't think Kingpin's gonna happen. Yeah. Um They yeah. they shuffled him off out of the country in Daredevil, and I think that I'm not sure if it's where they're gonna go, but I think they should next time they deal with him should be in Daredevil. Yeah. Um And we just had the whole Kingpin thing with Back in Black. Yeah. But um Mysterio, I don't know if they really want to go near it with uh how confusing he is right now. <laughs>
0: from what I, um, I read from the Wizard uh, convention, I, I think uh, the storyline, from what I, I've read, I may be wrong, but I think it's been hinted that Norman Osborn has taken the S- Thunderbolts out after Spider-Man in the Summer crossover over yeah. with slot.
1: Which gives you at least Green Goblin Venom, which would have my vote anyway. Yeah,
0: that'd be awesome. And,
1: Plus Bullseye.
0: I mean, Thunderbolts, man. JR I know you're a reader of the book. Man, I I can't keep up with how delayed that book is. It's just hard to read. As if 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 Spider-Man's fun to read 3 chapters a month, Thunderbolts is painful 6 months out of the year. <laughs> I mean,
2: I know, I know it has lost if the title is not a success, yeah. it is because it has lost its momentum. Because yes. the stories are the stories are great. Mm-hmm. The the characterization of Norman Osborn is pretty well dead on. Mm-hmm. Uh and, uh, but it doesn't come out and therefore it just loses, you know, and the one shots are not as good as the, uh, in fact, uh, the Paul, Je- the, the first one that Paul Jenkins did with, the uh, with speedball slash pennants, that was not very good at all. Um, and, uh. So the the that's a shame. I I just feel this title is going to start to slide because Ellis can't get it out on time.
0: I agree. It, it's a good book, and I, I I look forward to where they're going with the Green Goblin. With the the he opens up the desk door drawer and he sees the mask and he's like getting crazy. But I I wish it would just come out on more. Uh, regular basis. Uh Spider-Man Marriage, who is uh, not a fan of the marriage, I would guess. No, just kidding. His question is, uh, seem- seeming as most of you, and I think all, get your comics from mailordercomics.com, do you ever get the urge to go online and see what happened in the latest issue of Amazing? And what do you think is the most unfortunate event in Spider-Man's life? Yeah, uh, I- I've, I, it's hard to avoid. It's kind of like American Idol. I, I I I missed an episode and I had it on the DVR and I was going to get to watch it, but I logged onto the front page of Google News and it told me who uh, what happened. It's kind of Oh, Brad.
1: Are you are you American not? Idol?
0: <laughs> it's kind of hard to avoid Spider Man news when you run a Spider Man website. So <laughs> um, yeah, I ran into that problem. We ran into that problem when uh, Spider Man unmasked. It was on the front page of Yahoo News. And MSN uh, and all that stuff.
1: When Captain America died, I yeah. went to MSN.com, you know, the day it came out, and the headline on the front page was, Captain America killed off. Damn you! No That's <laughs> out. Damn you, home page. <laughs> I never expected to have a comic book spoiled for me on MSN.com. Me neither. Yeah,
0: it, it, I try to avoid it. I try to avoid the threads uh, that get pop up the Wednesday when these books are released. I try to reread them after I get my books, but... Uh, how about you, JR? Do you, well, you're always working, JR. You probably don't have this much time to...
2: I, I haven't plugged in. Yeah, I've had a very, in fact, I'll probably talk about it near the end of the show. I've had a very hectic and problematic work schedule lately. I still do, You I mean, you can't, you, you gotta have some fun. So yeah, I still get away and, and, and check what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I kinda like, because, When I eventually do write my articles, um, I like to know what's going on, and I would hate to write something which would be contradicted by something that somebody said on Newsarama or whatever or or say, well, why did so-and-so do this when over on a thread it's explained why they're doing it?
0: So so
2: I I do try to keep up a little bit.
0: And his last question is, what is the most tragic event in Spider-Man's life? And I think that's kind of an easy one. And then Uncle Ben. I think that's where the whole ball got rolling, the death of Uncle Ben. Do you guys agree, or what What do you think? I agree. Okay. Morb? I'm not sure. Gwen Stacy Uncle is... Ben
1: got, the, yeah, Uncle Ben got things rolling, but Gwen Stacy galvanized it. Yeah. And that was really very, you know, it, it seemed, at least to him, much more directly his fault. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'd have a hard time to side between those. Unless you're talking about the most unfortunate event in his life for the fans... <laughs> which was probably Spider-Man breakout.
0: Oh, I thought you I thought you were going to go with uh, one more day.
1: Now, breakout is still worse. That was I, I I tried to read that piece of crap, but
0: I, I I it was the UFOs escaping the vault and that's pretty much it. <laughs> it was Spider-Man. Yeah, on, my god. It's a really really bad book. And guess who decided to pop in? Spidey dude had to work overtime at a lovely <laughs> his lovely work establishment. Welcome back, Spidey dude.
3: It's good to be back. The uh, work was hell, so this is kind of a tranquil, <laughs> nice thing Well, to
0: we've been talking about you the whole show, so uh, you'll want to listen to this. <laughs> sure.
3: I'm going to definitely have to listen to this one. And we we, we
0: called it, we said, because we held off the great debate of 08 for uh, the third topic, and we said, if you don't make it in by the third topic, because we're already into the message board questions, you have officially uh, lost the debate, sir.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! More, well, more one by I showing guess. up. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, we'll do it okay, next man. month. How's hey, that?
1: you better anyway. What well, was that more? Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: we, we will. We will do the great debate away. We'll just, we'll just postpone it. How's that? I well, will have a real great debate
1: because you know you need you need all that preparation time to go up against me. I see how it. Is. He needs preparation uh, each. No.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no, actually, that was, that was actually. <laughs> Classic.
0: All right, well, let's get back to our message board questions. Now we've got the whole gang round up. uh Bert Bertone Beetle. Uh, I feel most of the recent brand new day comics, as of when I typed this, could have been told with a married Spider Man. Your thoughts, Spidey dude. You get the first one. Go ahead.
3: Uh, well, you know, it, yes, it could have been told with a married married Spider Man, but you know, it it it's been written so well that I haven't really noticed it. Uh, I, I really haven't. I, I, I mean, it's, yes, it's there in the back of my head, but to me, the story has just been pretty. It's been fairly strong. Um, you know, especially particularly the Guggenheim arc. I thought Dan Slott was. Not as strong as Guggenheim, but you know, yeah, I could have been told to marry Spider-Man, but you couldn't. I don't know. It's just I'm not letting it bother me yeah. as much as a lot of other people are, and so therefore, I, it's not been a a issue yet. Now, when we actually do see Mary Jane and and uh, and Peter together, eventually down the line, if that is, if you don't believe her to be jackpot, <laughs> uh, then. Yeah, we'll see. Just uh, right now, I'm just taking it for what it is, and it is what it is, is as the uh, saying goes. So, Until uh, yes, it could have been told with a Mary Spider Man, but yeah. I think it's even better without one. Yeah.
0: Here, real, qu- real quick, we-, we each gave our grade of the two months of Brand New Day. I gave mine an A minus. Uh, Morb gave a B plus. Jr gave a C minus. What would your grade for the two months be? A Brand New Day. Uh, my-
3: my grade would be, uh, I would say a B-plus is, is fairly accurate. Uh, yeah. Not fantastic, but it's been fairly strong. I felt like uh, that would give Slot arc a B, yeah. I think mainly because it was a lot of setup, a lot of setup. And Duganheims was much stronger, in my opinion. Yeah. And Gale's, and I've read two issues of Gale's, uh, his first issue is pretty weak. But his second issue is fairly is fairly strong, so we'll see how the third issue goes. And uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of wait I'm kind of eagerly anticipating the time where we're not going to have such it's being so structured, mm-hmm. and we're going to have you know loose storylines where one person tells a th- one one shot and another tells a six part. So we'll see how it goes from there. Okay. But uh, that's my grade.
0: JR, you want to talk about? Could this these stories happen when uh, Spidey dude, or not Spidey dude? When he wasn't married, when uh, Spider Man wasn't married, could these stories have been told with a married one? Well, yeah, yeah,
2: they could have. I mean, the whether he was married or not, except for the part that he would be uh, where he was macking on Miss Girls Gone Wild. I guess that couldn't happen when he was married. But uh, the story, the stories himself, his marital status was irrelevant.
0: Yeah. How about you more do you think these could have been told single or married Spider Man? Doesn't matter.
1: I guess they technically could have, but these would be the most shallow freaking stories with him being married. Uh, just with the way he's the way he's acting and the fact that he's living, you know, in his aunt's house and he doesn't have a job and all that stuff, it just, it would not have sat right with a married Spider-Man. You could have done it, but it would have gone even way farther into the, the, the creepy loser territory. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, to tell you the truth, though, seems like uh, him going out to a club with Harry osborne I would like to have seen him do stuff like that with Mary Jane a little bit more, because she used to be kind of, you know, she goes to the clubs and dances and stuff, but they didn't really do any of that type of life, I guess. Uh, at least in the past couple of years.
0: Uh, Viper from Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, Welcome back, Viper. He says, Hi, Spider Gang. He finds that kind of catchy. He says, Do you, uh, do any of you remember a story from Spectacular Spider-Man, Volume 1, around 186 to 188, written by J.M. DeMathis, and penciled by Sal Buscema called Funeral Arrangements, about the vulture dying and trying to get all of his affairs in order before that happened, which included seeking forgiveness... From Aunt May, since one of the, the issues was one of my f- first comics, and the only one I r- I've read of this story, it holds a special place in my heart. I just wonder if you guys had any thoughts on that story, if anyone remembers it. Spidey Dude, do you remember it?
3: I do remember it. Okay. Uh, it, I, in fact, I, I think I recommended it a couple of months ago,
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, if I remember correctly. But it, it, the story is funeral arrangements, and it's uh, the story dealing deals with uh, Aunt May's boyfriend, uh, Nathan, uh
0: Lebinski or something like
3: that. Yeah, yeah, thank you.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, it, yeah, Nathan, um, was killed by the vulture accidentally. And, uh, now the funeral arrangement is, is the fact that Vulture's found out he's dying of cancer, uh, which was later Redcon. But he, he was, uh, he was dying of cancer and, and he was trying to seek Aunt May's forgiveness. And, uh, very, very powerful stuff. And uh, Aunt May, Uh actually at the very end it says uh basically to the to the extent of uh I can't forgive you, that's that's God's job to do, not mine. And so she pitied him but she didn't you know, she didn't necessarily forgive him. Very, very strong story in 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 terms of it kinda gave a little bit of the origin of of the vulture which was later expanded upon by uh Peter David Mm -hmm. in the recent Friendly Neighborhood run, but uh really gave the the more into the background of, of the vulture, more so than any other other story had ever done before. The vulture, you know, before that story was really just a one-note villain, the old man with wings that happened to be electromagnetic and stuff like that. You never really got a true origin story until later on, and this was this was just another piece of that that big puzzle. And so, it is in my opinion, it's a very good story. Written, written very well, and the art is fantastic. So. In fact, I think that was when Salvi Simmel was really at his peak mm-hmm. uh, on that book, was, was d- d- during that era, era with uh, John Mark DeMathis, until up until around two oh five, actually. Yeah. So
0: I don't really remember the story. J.R., do you remember the story?
2: Uh, yeah, I remember the story. Uh, it's been a long time since I've read it, though, yeah. so I really couldn't. Um, I, I certainly couldn't articulate it uh, any better than a Spidey Dude already has.
0: Or do you remember it? Nope. Okay. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Uh, Rufus T. Firefly from Montgomery, Illinois, says, let's try to reverse the one more day, brand new day debate here for a minute. Let's go visit Uwatu. Is that how you say the watcher? Uwatu on the blue area of the moon and pretend that Peter never got married 20 years ago and that all the stories over the last year featured a single Peter Parker. Now let's pretend, good Lord, uh, the JMS's final art." (laughs) led up to and featured the marriage of Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson. Do you think fans would be happy, or do you think they would be jumping from rooftops screaming about how JMS and J- Joey Q have violated and ruined Peter Parker? Do you think, like I do, that it's not so much that people are angry over the change in cells, but that people get worked up whenever there is a major change in the status quo? I think his question boils down to is if this, if they got married a year ago, would people be as pissed as if they got married 20 years ago? So, uh,
3: no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had to jump in there and say, just hey, look, uh, look. It, the thing is, there's so many stories within being married, yeah. And it was executed so poorly with with uh, one more day. With, I mean, a deal with the devil. I mean, that was just ridiculous. And that's said on that. But if it uh, a year ago, no, nobody. We wouldn't have been nearly as pissed off because I think that would have. Been made it make sense in a better way than he than thought did. I, I so, would, therefore I would I would I good. would
0: agree pretty much what you said. I, I I think an example of this is uh Johnny Storm marrying Lijah in the Fantastic Four, which was a scroll uh and who uh, he originally married Alicia Masters. To go off Spider Man topic a little bit, go into Fantastic Four. That didn't last that long and and there's not the outrage uh, that happened, uh, when that hap, when that storyline went over. But I think the, the time element is what's really pissing people off. It, it, the people are still holding on tooth and nail for this. Uh, Morb, what do you think? If they got married a year ago, would we still be so pissed?
1: I think we're misunderstanding the question here. I think what he's saying is not if they had gotten married a year ago and then OMD had happened. It's, uh, forget. Uh, the One More Day story and say they never got married before, and the big change they made at the end of JMS's run was they get married. Would people have gotten pissed off about them getting married because it was a big change? Mm. Um, and that's that's my understanding of the question, so I'm going with that. Okay. I, <laughs> um, I, who knows? <laughs> Cause, uh It would have to deal with how the past 20 years have played out, which would have been totally different. No matter what Marvel Editorial says, it would have been totally different. Um, It would have to deal with how the character was handled, which under JMS, I imagine, it probably would have been handled very well. Um, I will agree there are always people that are pissed off, when there's a major change, always. Um, But in this instance, uh, it's it's the change. It's the hugeness of the change, and... um, the way it was done is the biggest part that's really legitimately pissing people off.
0: Yeah. Uh, more, more uh, Not more. JR, your thoughts? Well,
2: I don't think people would have been upset to have seen them get married at the end of uh, JMS's run if they hadn't been married before. Because the, for the reason that I wasn't PO'd, or, and a lot of other people weren't PO'd when they got married in the first place, it was a logical projection progression of the character if the st- that story had been retconned a year later, there wouldn't nearly have been the outrage, but there still would have been the the whole, well, you know, that they don't want to progress the character. We still would have had the whole progression, uh, aging debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably wouldn't have been as, it probably wouldn't have been uh, quite as fever pitched, but uh, we still would have had it. Um, and I, you know, I. I think uh, I think people like changes to the status quo mm-hmm. but I think it depends on how you articulate them and uh this one in particular was uh, was just about as poorly handled as as possible and uh even with you know I don't disagree with people who didn't like the marriage for example for if they could articulate the reasons there's one guy a um uh, I can't remember his name but he did a rather long uh, explanation of why The marriage didn't work. And he did it in a logical, non-condescending way. Uh, Joey Q, on the other hand, couldn't sound, you know, always sounded petulant when he discussed it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what ticked people off about him is just he just, he just sounded like he was petulant and how he wanted, he wanted the Spider-Man of his youth back and that's all he cared about. So, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I don't know if I answered the guy's question, but uh, I certainly did ramble quite a (laughs) bit.
0: And we'll wrap it up right there for part one of the March podcast. There's another hour coming your way as we finish up the rest of the message board questions. Again, we want to thank our sponsor of the show, mailordercomics.com for supporting this podcast. Now the deadline to submit your March order is Tuesday, April 1st at 6 p.m. Central Time. So be sure to get those in. Again, that's mailordercomics.com. Well, gang, we'll be back in a few days with part two of the podcast. Now once you've listened to the show, be sure to Head on over to the Crawlspace message board and let us know what you think. Also, feel free to write a review of the show on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. Again, I'm Brad Douglas and thanks for listening and visiting the SpidermanCrawlspace.com.